This episode of Film Sack is brought to you by the generous contributions of listeners like you. Go to patreon.com slash frogpants and show your love for Film Sack today. So a magical crown was forged that would allow those of royal blood to command the Golden Army if unchallenged. I am King Balor, leader of the Golden Army. Is there anyone who disputes my right? And in his throne room, no one challenged his word. Oh wait, what if someone could challenge him? You're in love. Have a beer. Yeah. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 383. I'm Scott Johnson, and we are mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. Joining me today, Brian, is this a Christmas movie done away? You know, I thought about that, and I'm going to go with yes. All right. Oh, hi, right. dearest Del Toro. Please don't start weaving me a story about a one-armed elf king and not reveal what happened to that freaking arm. I mean, was he born that way? Did the humans take it to fill their empty hard holes? Did he lose it in a cookie baking competition up on Keebler Hill? <laughs> Come on, man. I need details. You can't just drop a bomb like one-armed elf and run away laughing maniacally. Hold on. Was that it? Did he lose it in some mythical high school prank gone wrong? Perhaps he cooked that cherry bomb a little too long before tossing it into the toilet. By the way... I heard that is how Randy lost 40% of his hearing in his right ear. True story. Huh? Anywho, just need closure on that arm thing, man. Yours truly, both arms, Brian. There you go. I don't know where you come up with these things. Also, uh, with us, Randy, he's the fertility god I would bid on, Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian, and welcome to Monster, Monster, the Monster Emporium, where we have monsters. Sure, we've got the monster whose name is right in the title of the film, and we brought back all of his friend monsters, but that's not all. We've got little monsters who eat your teeth. We've got big monsters who weirdly have pretty much the same right fist as the first monster, only better, only worse. We have albino monsters and tumor monsters and some sort of forest druid tree form monster, but you better act fast because there's only one of those left. And just when you start to say, this is too much Monster Monster the Monster Emporium with too many monsters, they stop to feel special and entertaining. We say, screw your familiarity, pretty contempt. Here's a whole damn army of golden monsters. Oh my god, how many monsters do we have to kill? Definitely, we're going to kill Whitey. Yes, we are going to kill Whitey because monsters, monsters! <laughs> Man. Do you, do you type your notes 40, in all caps? Right. Told you. 40% hearing loss. That's why you're getting that. Literally, I literally am wiping spittle off the screen. <laughs> Foul. Uh, I spittle on my screen. That was so loud. Yeah. By the way, to the guy on Twitter who says he has a blue uh, Yeti microphone, he'd like to donate <laughs> to Randy. Just let us know and we'll work it out. For, I'll pay for express shipping, yeah, we'll dude. Get shipping. <laughs> uh, with us finally, and as always, Brian, this guy is way better in this than he was in that terrible Death Race sequel, Ibit. 
totally mm. was. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, hold on, need a little more volume. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is all right. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Guillermo, the uh, production team is here to talk with you about the creatures you want to create for Hellboy Two. See. Ah, yes. Send them in. Hello, team. What's Why am I Russian? Let me out of the Russian accent. <laughs> Switch over to Spanish accent. I practiced this for hours before call today. Uh, yes, send them in. Hello, team. Here are my ideas for the monsters I want in Hellboy 2. First off, do we have a fishman? Good. I need to have fishman in everything. I love fishman. Next, I want to have a goblin market. Lots of goblins and a guy with church on his head. Like a regular head, but I wanted to have an ornate church on the top. Next, give me a creepy monster guy with no eyes. I need to have no eye creepy guy in every movie too, like like Fishman. Okay, good. All right, thanks. Get started. Uh, Mr. Guillermo, I'm I'm taking everyone's lunch order. What would you like, sir? I want four pieces of Wonder Bread. Assemble it with toothpicks to make an open-ended cube. Then I want llama uh, entrails, uh, guts. You know guts? Yes, guts in center. Put in a Whirlpool toaster oven for exactly three minutes and then stick Hershey's chocolate bar in center. Then have it served to me by Fishman. I love Fishman. Seriously. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you could watch interviews with him on YouTube and know how he sounds. I know. I like, I seriously, right before the show, watched uh, him get interviewed on Jimmy Kimmel and practiced along with him. And just as soon as I go into that guttural, it's like right into Russian. Well, the the World Cup is on. And uh, I don't know, I don't know if you've turned it on, but there's been a lot of Russians. There's been a lot of Russians. Yeah, there, yeah, are, no, there are many Russians. Yeah. I just slip right into Russian whenever I do that growly, growly voice. Yeah, the Russians are always, uh, they're actually doing very well in the World Cup. But here's the, here's the deal. This is a, a movie I hadn't seen yet because I don't remember why I didn't see it in 2008. Probably because everyone else didn't see it because The Dark Knight uh, pretty much eclipsed anything else hey. that came out that summer. Uh, I saw it. But, well, it's because you're you. But here's the deal. Yeah. Uh, I freaking love this, and I'm going to let Scott Fletcher mm-hmm. explain. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. The mythical world starts a rebellion against humanity in order to rule the Earth. So Hellboy and his team must save the world from the rebellious creatures. Jeez, that's a, that's a reductive intro. It's not right. Fletcher's mm-hmm. fault. Yeah. But I wouldn't I, watch it either if I... Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Anyway, uh, hey, it's Hellboy 2, and uh, I missed this one. But I don't know why, because I, li- I really like the first one. And I like, I'll tell you, yeah. I think, I think it, you got it right with the 2008 thing. Mm-hmm. I think that by the time you've seen Iron Man and Wally and the Dark Knight, blah, 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 like that was a huge year for movies that kind of fit into this space, you know, the mm-hmm. action, excitement kind of uh, not not very uh not very mature you know what i mean sure. so like aimed sure. at older audiences yeah it's a bummer because uh i don't know i feel like this got overlooked and it shouldn't have and in fact they overlooked to the point that the third movie that was always planned this was supposed to be a trilogy just never happened and likely never will at least in that not iteration in that yeah right. uh, and i remember and i remember out. thinking the first one was kind of lackluster and thought, all right, well, yeah, no need going to see number two. I mean, <laughs> in retrospect, I mean, this was far better than I remember the first one being. I haven't seen the first one in in forever, so it may maybe I'm just remembering other things of the time that completely yeah. surpassed I, it. I, I like uh, two better. It was more fun. Oh, way more fun. I, yeah. don't, don't get yeah. me wrong. I, I liked I, one. I the crap out of this. Yeah, but two is fun. I had a blast with it, and I and I didn't yeah. know kind of what to expect. I've seen I've seen them one a ton of times, so I you know kind of knew what that was about. 
but I didn't I didn't know what to expect. I'm a huge fan of the comic. I've read them all and love them, and uh, always felt like they had the right tone uh, tone for the movie. <clears throat> they kind of nailed that stuff pretty well. First movie has problems, but I felt like, well, we'll see. You know, like how's the sequel? Obviously, if it was better than, you know, if it's if it was great, then we'd have had a third one by now. And now I see it, I'm like, well, oh, no, this was pretty good. I don't know what happened there. Bumped me it out. It is great. Like the on Rotten Tomatoes, Hellboy one is eighty one percent. Hellboy two is eighty six percent. Yeah, yeah, it's a higher. It was received, you know, critically better. Like I, I don't know. I just had a ball with it. It felt like, mm-hmm. it felt like somebody said to, to Del Toro in a probably not Russian accent. Probably said <laughs> they just said to him, "Hey, you want to do? You want to go nuts with your creature effects stuff that you love so much?" Right. Because he's obviously I, a I huge think- fan of that stuff, and you got Doug Jones in there, and he'll do whatever you tell him to. Put he'll put on mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, he's like three. He's it. like yeah, three as long characters as it's a fish in this. And costume. I, yeah. I think you nailed it, Scott, because this is okay. So, Hellboy One, Del Toro was kind of eclipsed by the character Hellboy. That's what we're going to see. But we had Pan's Labyrinth between the two, right? So we were yes. actually we had a more confident uh, Del Toro uh, coming into this, to, and more um, confident producers. Yes. The, like Hellboy 2 was definitely guaranteed. Like as soon as Hellboy 1 opened, they announced Hellboy 2. Yeah. But it helped so much that he made Pan's Labyrinth. And that was, uh, you know, Academy Award nominated film and all of this stuff. Right. That, that really, uh, it, like they go right into making Hellboy 2 coming out of that. And it actually kind of feels like Pan's Labyrinth is sort of a middle movie in a trilogy. Yeah. Almost, it feels like the same universe for sure because of. Yeah, and the way he does, you know, there's always there's always some creature with eyes in the wrong place, and you know, <laughs> or no eyes with a yeah. big flat face, and that yeah. flat faced angel of death thing. in this one is also Doug Jones, like that guy's yes, your body. Mm. He's your guy to put in these suits and have him do this stuff. And also, this is the movie that marks uh, them letting him speak with his own voice. And I I never understood why they had David Hyde Pierce do the first one or have them do yeah. the bo. And it used to no, drive it was okay. me. Fine. It, it sounds was okay. great. Yeah, yeah, it was annoying to me that they did that. Well, I dug around, figured it out. Dugged. The producers thought <laughs> for Hellboy One because when that came out, uh, Frazier was still a huge deal, and David Hyde Pierce was very bankable. Um, he they thought that that would make the movie a bigger hit if they had his name attached to it. The problem is when they got done with production, David Hyde Pierce sees this thing and says. I don't feel good having my name in these credits, <laughs> not because the movie's right. not good, but because. Doug Jones does all the work here. Yeah, he, go, he yeah. I, I don't feel like he. It was out of deference to Doug Jones. He felt bad about that. He said, "I don't want to." So take me out of the credits. So he's nowhere in any of the credits. You only know it because you recognize it, and that's straight up right. it. So this next time they just let Doug Jones talk, which is I don't know why they didn't in the first place. Well, I do know mm-hmm. why because they were trying to you know they're trying to up the box office capitalize by on the name. name of right exactly right. But Abe Sapien was supposed to get a a spinoff that hasn't happened. Um, they were supposed to do all kinds of things with this franchise. He kind of has. It's, yeah, it's his, the shape of water. Right? <laughs> shape of water. That's exactly. Exactly. That was his story. This could be, shape of water could be the prequel to Hellboy. And yeah. he just finally finds his voice and joins the BPRD. He does like the Fishmen. You're not wrong in your statement at the top of the show. But it's it's it, just a delightful thing. I really enjoyed it. It's it's yeah. It's maybe more than 
I don't know. It's hard not to even even looking at IMDb's photo of Doug Jones. It's hard not to see Fishman even in his oh, regular yeah. clothes. Oh yeah, you can't even do it when you watch Star Trek Discovery, which he is fantastic right. in. By the way, he's my favorite character. He's really in that a Fishman. He's just playing a human. He's basically he's just space Fishman. <laughs> I believe that actually. If you right, <laughs> that's his natural form, yeah. Fishman. Right. Yeah, he's uh, just oh, I just love him. He's like an unsung hero of of great. Great things, I did, but it's I mostly did get, one of my best, one of my favorite things about Star Trek Discovery is, uh, is yeah. oh yeah, he's easily my favorite character on there. Like I easy. did get a, I, I did get a room temperature when we was watching this. I had, I was watching with uh, multiple age groups and people who had really never seen Hellboy, and one of them said, "Is he trying to be like a C three PO kind of thing?" And I was like, "No, no, maybe. <laughs> no, maybe. little, no, <laughs> maybe a little bit." Okay, no. So, so in this film, the uh, actor. Vo- the voice is different than the the person manipulating the character is Seth MacFarlane as Johan Kraus. Oh, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. now and at the time I remember not thinking at all about that voice, but this time watching it with the last ten years of Seth MacFarlane everywhere, and all of his voices, he just returns to these same stock voices so much. Yeah, this it is actually the... kind of annoyed me that I was hearing Seth MacFarlane. Like. Yeah, I totally agree. It that's the only thing that really annoyed me because I knew it was Seth MacFarlane and he was doing the fish from American Dad. Right. Well, True. what's cool is I didn't realize. I didn't. I, I remember seeing his name in the credits. Completely forgot about it. Did not know who was doing the um doing the voice. I, so, yeah, I envy I, you then because I had forgotten didn't, that didn't annoy you because you didn't because you'd forgotten. Because I, I completely forgot. Right. Yeah. And I. Yeah. If, yeah. If, when we get a second season of the Orville, I'm expecting him to d- use right. that voice at some point for a joke. <laughs> a new German uh, addition to the crew or something. Yeah, yeah. it's it's. Uh, yeah. I mean, in the comic, that character's in there. It's interesting. Like mm-hmm. they went all in on this. Like that's one thing I like about it, is it really embraced the comic world uh, in a way that may have even put off some audiences. Like I could see some people seeing this and going, "What? It's like a demon guy with a gun and a." Yeah, I can use, and... there was there was a little bit. I I agree. Uh, now my opening talked about the one armed elf. That that is actually answered in the comic series. But the fact that they just left it hanging, or left me hanging with no, you know, character <laughs> development. Just we're just going to mention he's a one armed elf. Well, isn't well, is that, that a, reason why he's killing humans? That's I'm a, not going to say. Is that going to come up? I'm not going to say. Is it? I can't even tell he's missing an arm because both the arms look normal. Isn't that some like, old? It's old Celtic legend stuff, though, right? Like the Baylor right, dude right. and all that. Did you guys get tired he has of a, like a stone hand or something like the nice stone hand? Go ahead. Whatever it is. Did, yeah. did you did you at all get tired of a lot of the monsters being introduced and then killed? Um, like a I, lot. I, I hated that Wink passed died because I, yeah. I was. Oh, was, wink with the character. with the retractable uh, metal the retractable, fist. Right. Yeah, yeah, so much fun. Yeah, totally had to zip go. Line, zip line fist, zip yeah. line hand. Yeah, it was pretty right. good. Except I don't like that. It at one point it was cousin, not cousin. It. What's the name of the thing in uh, Adam's family? The hand thing. Oh, thing. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> when it's doing the thing, run uh, back to him instead of being pulled by the cord it was kind of dumb. But other than that, mm-hmm. pretty rad. It felt meaty and cool. There's some really good shots of like him doing the retraction in the far foreground uh, or background. Right. And then the foreground, you have Elfman, uh, right. who, as I mentioned at the top of the thing, I don't know if anyone oh, caught this, but he was he's played by Luke Goss, who was that dude in uh, that, that oh, bad. Yeah. yeah, very impressive looking guy. Uh, he's really. awesome in this. Uh, he, he convinced me yeah. in this he can act. He was terrible yeah. in that death race 
a sequel thing we saw. It was horrible mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that wasn't the goofy Roger Corman, Corman one. It was like the proper direct video, whatever one. And it was bad. And I thought, well, I don't care about this guy at all. He's super cool in this. Like, yeah, 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 he's great. Yeah, and uh, uh, poor man Cynthia Nixon as a uh, as the sister. Uh, <laughs> oh, I was I'm thinking awful. poor man's uh, poor lady, uh, Allie McBeal. Um, yeah. So Anna Walton. Oh, yeah. Anna very Annie Mc, Allie McBeal. That's funny you say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that she does kind of like have an Allie McBeal yeah. kind of thing going bit. on. That, yeah. that, they have similar Mrs. Eyes. Harrison, Mrs. Harrison Ford. Yeah, she looks like somebody yeah. Harrison Ford might stare at a little bit when she walks by. <laughs> but she's a really Calista Flockhart. Is the name I'm trying to be. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. she's. A, I thought she was a really good pick for this because she does have like this almost princess daintiness that you would expect from inbreeding from years and years of inbreeding elves. And, <laughs> but I mean, not, that, in a, not in a bad way. Compliment, right. I love how that compliment like, slap really you. took a, a 180. Right, yeah. right off the rails. Yep. <laughs> but, no, uh, she, did, she did have very a very elfin lady. quality to her. Like you see, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I was looking for Guillermo del Toro's uh, voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw interviews with her too. And, um, without all that makeup she still has this very elfin quality to her like she she could pretty much get a job in every hobbit lord of the rings yeah uh yeah. warcraft movie i'll tell you Liv tyler is just the best elf though she really looks like an elf she looked pretty elfy to me yeah, yeah pretty pretty elfy but so Except like for the the cookie crumbs in her belly button oh yeah <laughs> that's no good no i've been elf. trying to get these out for years not el- i'm not elf like <laughs> so at all so wait a minute though, Brian. You mentioned somebody on TMS yesterday that you really like uh, from Doctor Who. Billy, what's her name? Oh, Piper, Billy Piper. Billy Piper. Oh yeah, Billy she'd Piper. be a great elf. I think she'd be she would totally awesome be a great elf, like yeah. a badass elf that would like mm-hmm. run oh, you through yeah. with swords and staves and things. Which was one thing this guy had. Like I really thought the choreography for his like training montage where he's like just mm-hmm. working out in the sewers with his sword and everything, super good. Like that stuff looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the other thing visually this thing totally holds up there's a mix of digital and practical going on here that looks awesome i don't know if he was just like given the keys to the kingdom but that whole scene we keep referring to uh, the the market area is Mm -hmm. i'm 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 just gonna say it and this is gonna be controversial for some but i think that's like levels better than what we all thought about the cantina scene in star wars when we first saw it you walk in there and you're just like, man, look at the variety of stuff. And Ibit, with his description of a guy with a church on his head, is not incorrect. That is exactly what they did. Yeah, this guy with a church on his head. No, and I think it's it it speaks Turkey. more to um, just the level of technology and what we're what they were able to do now compared to Star Wars, what they were able to do in '77, than it is for the creativity. Because yeah. the Cantina scene is, I I can't. I can't say. I mean, it's iconic. That if both it's... of them were created today. Right. That one would be better than the other. Right. But this one does such a great job with fully realized different creatures that all look like they came from the same world, which is the best part. They don't look like, right. all right, now we've got shoebox head, dude. And now ah. we've got, you know, a uh, gumball machine head over here. And then, yeah, you, you should know, really watch. Like if you haven't, now you yeah. say watch some YouTube videos. Uh, there's, uh, I have the special edition uh, DVD. Of course, of you do. Of course <laughs> and you I, do. I popped in the, the extras last yeah. night and it, Del Toro likes to, he he likes the extras and man he he just outlines everything from their first production meeting when they don't even have chairs in this room it's just them and all the production people planning stuff out and they're all sitting on the floor and they're just <laughs> going down you know what his vision is and how they're going to execute and then it breaks down into 
the, the actual model building and stuff. And they show yeah. a lot of the model building. And it is just freaking outrageous and breakneck speed that they're building these uh, these things. And it was just oh, it's amazing. And, and I want to point out, there's, there's a, some good storytelling going on here, too. It's not just, wow, look at this, wow, look at that. Uh, GDT is a master of telling a story that goes into these places and continues through them. Mm -hmm. And so, for for example, like one little trope here that keeps uh, popping up in this film is uh, whatever you do. Yeah, it's uh, uh, my way or his way. Don't do it his way. And then, of course, uh, Hellboy keeps doing it his way and and succeeding. That's a that's an important part of that. That trope is that we don't want to do it Hellboy's way, but when he decides to punch somebody in the face, he gets what he's after. And that <laughs> that trope is repeated and repeated and repeated, and it comes right into the troll market, and the trope comes up twice in the troll market, mm-hmm. and then and then carries on. And it's like, GDT doesn't just rest on his laurels as a set designer and a character creator and so forth, but there's also story in all of this that, that works. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's um I don't know he's got a he's got a vision that's very distinctly him. There's a there's a point in this thing where oh I the, the part I really like is the death of these these elf people is signified by them being run through with some sort of sword and then they turn into basically stone. Mm-hmm. But they have opted here visually and aesthetically right. to go for something closer to like limestone or wax. like a wax, yeah, or like it, yeah. like soap almost. The, king, like, the father. The father actually turns into a tree, uh, and then the the two the twins they actually do turn more into stone. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. an interesting. I, I don't know what all is backed by that story, but um, it's this it's this attention to detail oh, though that I love. I love it about it. Like he he he'll he'll, right. he'll decide on a color scheme and a, an aesthetic or whatever, and then he'll lock in and go, okay, this is what we're doing. Like we're gonna stay here. The shape of water's like that. It's like we're gonna mm-hmm. go with this blue hued. Uh, sort of everything's going to be sort of a, a shade of blue, and we're locking Which in. Which great with the blood they show in that. It's yeah, just, uh, it's really cool. So I don't really know. I just feel like he's a he's a huge nerd. He loves nerdy stuff. He's into um he's into things we are. Like every time you see him saying something on Twitter, I'm like, you're just like the most regular dude I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> right. The the interview that I watched has him talking to Jimmy Kimmel about wearing a CPAP and getting this call yeah. in the middle of the night to let him know that he'd been nominated for all these Academy Awards for uh, Shape of Water this yeah. past year. He just seems and he's so like, all right, this is just going. a normal dude. But yeah. um yeah. where you know, where does if if he were to not have movies, where would all this where, weirdness where would get funneled <laughs> right. out? Like, like if he was where looking would, at the yeah, if he was working down at I don't know Applebee's or something, what would Basket he do? With Robin, that? Like, yeah. get these bizarre. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like I feel like he's got the yeah. he, he's what luckily. What flavor would you like? You now let me tell you what I'm gonna give you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's it's just a really interesting guy, and he just seems I don't I don't know like I don't want to get too <clears throat> admiration. I've learned lately, fanboy. Uh, yep. The last couple of years, don't don't get too many heroes because something weird will happen. And yeah, you be careful. then you'll end up watching this movie and go, "Can I?" like jeffrey tambor now or not yeah oh right no you can't (laughs) i I, i'll tell you the there was a another side of the creativity of this film which is uh danny elfman um could not have picked a better more whimsical composer for the music in this movie Uh, like it's just and it's just another one of those layers like the film just has it right in all these different places did you find Mm -hmm. any of that sort of um I mean, I agree, and I love Danny Elfman. So this is this is this is kind of 
not a criticism at all. But I, but if there was one thing about the movie, I, I definitely felt it was kind of the, the, the music seemed a little, in a couple of places, just a little Riveted. overblown, like, oh, whew, okay, easy, slow down there, giant. <laughs> like, it just seemed, it seemed like they're really into punctuating every possible moment with as much orchestrated yeah. Danny Elfman as possible. This For the most a, part, I liked this it. This is but, a... Even though I was, I think this was more of a Christmas release, but this felt very summer release to me. It felt, was it a summer release? Uh, I can't remember. This was, uh, I don't remember either. I, no, had it up on, I had it up on. Um, because it felt very, yes, it felt like summer, a very summer uh, release. Yes, July. Yes. It came out, it came out a week before Dark Knight. That's a problem. Yes, oh, yes that wow. is a problem. Yeah. But it was very much a summer movie. I mean, while there are things to dig into here, I mean, mostly it's all about blow me away. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sit in the air conditioning in my theater seat. And I want you to just throw some visual and audio stuff that just makes me go, wow, this is what the theater is all about. Sure. But and also, see, Scott, yeah. Scott, I felt the opposite of you. I was actually put off by the pop music because mm -hmm. it felt like, uh, like I get that it's funny, right? It's yeah. funny when suddenly they're playing some Barry Manilow singing along. Right. Yeah. But I, I, it was just like, oh, this isn't the adventure, like high fantasy kind of music that I was just hearing, and it takes me out of that mood that I thought the the sweeping sort of loud music was building. Yeah, that's hmm. fair, I guess. I liked it though. I don't know. Like I, I, I liked it too. I yeah. felt like it was a good. I mean, they do it a lot, you know, where they have. Uh, uh, some What'd sort you... of big adventure space thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, here comes be, uh, be uh, Beastie Boys sabotage. Like, is, is right, it because right. is it because Guardians has made us? I mean, it, it's yeah, made us it, so it, self aware does it of that fit stuff. In better for the Guardians for you, Randy? Is that, or is it just in general? Or do you not I, like it here? I I think the no. I think it's a different thing. I think right. because Guardians of the Galaxy movies have a real film score too. It's just very very little because they. Uh, use so much pop music but i'm like that's that's a point right like yeah. the whole point of the character is being made through that stuff whereas i i don't know just i i felt like there was such a wonderful marriage between visuals and music with danny elfman in this film and it just i i just got broke out of it i i like movies where most of the music is a very carefully curated soundtrack like Mm -hmm. I, I over the years I've come to fall back out of love with Garden State, but back when Garden State first came out, and it was all of this music that uh, Zach Braff had chosen track for track for every scene. Boy, I thought that was good, you know. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yes, I, I think that it works in some places. Like I thought, I always hated Garden State as a movie. It's not interesting to me at all, but the soundtrack's amazing. Um. I didn't like the use of this sort of, hey, here's some modern music you all know, inserted into a weird discordant version of a movie you'd normally not hear it in. And for me, that was Star Trek, uh, 09 yeah. and the newer one, yeah. where they keep throwing yeah. that. In fact, the song Brian was just talking about, they throw yeah, sabotage exactly. in there. Exactly. That was the example I was thinking of, yeah. Don't like that. That's not. It didn't work for me in Star Trek. For whatever reason, I don't like them really? trying to punk that up. It and, worked for me in the theater because it was such a surprise, but by the time I had watched it two or three times, I was kind of like, okay, bad choice. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it, I feel like it uh, for me, it successfully grounds the film. Like, it gives you some, some little tendril of connection to um, our world, our life, our, you know, our pop music, our pop culture. 
And uh, I don't mind that one bit. I kind of like that uh, when they when they have that connection like that. Well, nonetheless, uh, it's good stuff. And this movie's really good at I don't know creating a. It's a hard thing to do because there's other places where I think uh, Del Toro screws this up. Like I thought the first um, Pacific Rim was kind of poop, and the reason I thought it was poop is because while it had some of his veneer on it, it didn't feel like they went all the way um and that takes me out of it it makes me feel like you didn't work hard enough to make this world believable for me something like hellboy and hellboy 2 in particular they go so far to create this fantasy that i'm just i just buy it because the work is done you know like so, i'm i'm so into it because it's like no you've done all the details you've really worked hard to make this otherwise kind of ridiculous storyline work and you made it work because the visuals and the you know just how everything feels and looks matches your vision for the story and it, it you know that's hard to do i don't think that's an easy thing to pull off i have and, a theory yeah and that that is that uh when it comes to bringing monsters to life which is what he does and really his his purpose in the world is to bring monsters to life that there is a middle sweet spot for the size of the monster and Pacific Rim is nothing but huge, gigantic, like uh, bigger than cities size right. monsters. And then uh, there was some in Hellboy that were too small, like the uh, Tooth Fairies, uh, that you you can't ever really get a sense uh, of what, like you can get scared when there's lots of them blurring around and around and around and killing people, but you don't have any kind of connection to them because you can't really see them. But in the middle ground where monsters are kind of the same size and shape as humans, it's really, really good. Yeah, right. Yeah. Relatable. You can understand. Right? There's also this great the 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 Golden Army fight toward the end was was one of those scenes I usually hate in superhero movies of most kinds, even even Marvel stuff, because you've got big CGI creatures, and then you got little uh, or relatively smaller hero people jumping from dude to dude and swinging and right. punching whatever, and they always look stiff and kind of video gamey to me. Uh, here you got you know Ron Perlman. Big old coat, giant mm -hmm. gun off that to the side, and tail. Me. Like, well, yes, yes. The it's an impractical outfit, I know, but it's his. It's his uniform. You have to <laughs> respect yeah. the uniform. But when he's jumping around and you doing do that, I never. You want a big giant London Fog type jacket when you're jumping between gears. That no. is a recipe for getting sucked in. <laughs> it's the it's the cape. It's the whole right. cape thing, right? It's the uh, yeah. It is the cape thing. mode cape thing. You're totally right, right. except. You know, that's the comic. That's his uniform. That yeah. I don't. I don't yeah, have a problem yeah, no, with it. No problem with that. Yeah, but the point is that it did, none of that was jarring to me. He was jumping between those creatures, and I was like, "Wow, this looks like he's really jumping between creatures. It doesn't look like some fake Spider-Man looking janky three <laughs> D model." You know what I mean? Like it worked, mm -hmm. and I don't know how they did it, most of that. Like that was super impressive. And anytime they would cut to a scene where it clearly couldn't be. Uh, uh, what's his name uh, ron perlman doing ron perlman. a stunt I, I and i knew that in my heart of hearts that's not him it's somebody else still just pretty seamless and maybe that's the makeup yeah. and you, you know red face and horns and you're all good i don't know but love that like that yeah. stuff didn't take me out of it the way it usually does speaking of spawn we have a spawn yeah. movie coming yeah <laughs> oh right yeah. yeah 20 21 years since the the michael jai white spawn and i'm here to tell you I don't think Jamie Foxx is right for it. Well, well oh, he's right for it in the sense that that's a big name and that's a big yep. get for them. Um, yep, yep. But 
I mean, yeah, I'm not. I I wouldn't cast him. You knew I'd cast. I'd cast Michael that. B. Jordan. No, well, I might, but I'd probably get oh, that. That is a good choice. That Luke Cage guy is pretty great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Freaking Mike Coulter. Oh, what a yeah. great choice. Yeah. yeah. Should yeah. should have done him. But I, yeah. I understand why Jamie Foxx might bring more dollars to your weird. He brings all the fans to the yard. Although I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Spawn is better than yours. <laughs> speaking of speaking of Mike Coulter, we have a new Luke Cage season. Yes. Yeah, here it's mediocre. Very- Oh, I sh- hear. Shut your shut your mouth. You got to watch. Yeah, mm. yeah. The review that I saw uh, yesterday or this morning said uh, it's a sixteen episode mic drop or thirteen episode mic drop or something really? like that. Yeah, I, I keep hearing it's paced weird, like all the rest of this Marvel stuff they're doing on Netflix right now. That it's all kind of weird pacing, and that that's the the right now the Punisher is the only one that's really the best. And blah, you're blah, all blah. you're crazy. Jessica Jones yeah. too was a great was a great second. <laughs> yeah, but and, but you and, really like that iron fist deal and most people that's pretty universally panned people hate whatever i liked it i still i stand by i stand behind it i think it was a it was a fun it was a fun marvel uh tv Look, show if it mm. doesn't like shoes and any character that flaunts <laughs> not liking shoes he's in yeah it was very you know it was very reminiscent of um arrow season one the whole oliver queen coming back from being on an island for five years everybody thought he was dead he comes back that that first season or that um not first season, the only season of iron fist kind of reminded me of that and i kind of enjoyed it i i you know i yeah i'm unapologetic about enjoying i i can't talk about these things because from childhood uh power man and iron fist was my series this is what i read Mm -hmm. over and over i have you know, I have every Power Man and Iron Fist book and probably read them each 10 times. <laughs> like, so I come into Iron Iron Fist and I'm like, I don't even care. I don't care if it's if it's in Spanish. I'm I'm going right. to love this thing. Really? I, I, I agree. I grew up with the same uh, I grew up with the same reading. And also Cloak and Dagger. I have not watched the series. Oh, I hear it's great. I'm hearing good things good? about it. Yeah. yeah, I've heard really also good things. Also, the big comic I read a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me happy to hear that. That's I'm a little worried big. about. I mean, I know there's so many changes that they had to make, um, and I'm a right. little worried about that because I was such a fan. Like the fact that they were flawed, drug addict mm-hmm. junkies that got pulled yeah. off the streets, and I I want to make sure that all that so stuff dark. is still. Yeah, I mean, they were this close to being, you know, dr- uh, drugged out runaway. Yeah. Uh, statistics maybe they do that i don't know do they do that they do exactly maybe they do that'd be cool uh by the way the young hellboy the kid hellboy version of hellboy at the beginning was a woman it was a 36 year old lady the whole time (laughs) really (laughs) well she did a great job because i was really buying it yeah no i I was i was sure there was a kid in there i thought there was a teenage Mm -hmm. boy in there but it's uh someone named monty rebe ribe something like that She's oh, I bet. 36 year old woman in 2008. Who, who uh, Guillermo del Toro is happy to hire. She's been in his other movies. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's also one of these directors, uh, very loyal to his cast. He ends up using people right. for a long time for lots of things. Doug Jones is in every damn thing he's ever done, but like he'll do uh, Ron Perlman and stuff. He's been, I want to say Ron Perlman was in everything from, let's see. Maybe just from okay. Hellboy forward, but he was he was in Pacific Rim, made a small role, but you know he keeps showing up in this stuff. Another thing too, I thought was interesting, a little trivia. Uh, I did not know this. The 
Elf King, one arm Elf King, actually was the father uh, who played the father of uh, Beauty and the Beast character, correct? Isn't that what I read? Uh, oh, what? Really? Yeah. So remember Ron Perlman did Beauty and the Beast yeah, uh, TV the Beast. series back sure. in the day. Yeah. And apparently he was the uh, uh, the same actor was the father. Oh, no uh, way. In that series, if if I remember reading the trivia correctly. Well, according to the trivia, he was almost played by the um, by Saruman. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee almost had that really? role and backed out last minute. He was That's like, not yeah. been a good choice, too. I'm <laughs> not going to do it, he'd say. I, I just want to ask, would anybody else go along with me in I'm um, a little tired of Ron Perlman right now? No. He's all right. right. No, no, because I, 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 because I just watched Hellboy too. Like (laughs) it's, it's been, it's this weird thing where I feel like I have intersected with Ron Perlman way too much. I need some film sack. No, yeah, no, no, no. In general, like he was, Mm -hmm. uh, he was in Black Ops 3. He was in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He, like, I just, he was in Fantastic Beasts and it's like, I'm a little. T- he's uh, oh oh oh. His vo- they have his voice all over Adventure Time. Yeah, and it's like I'm I'm kind of tired of Ron Perlman. And this movie gets going, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna let it be Hellboy, but it kept being Ron Perlman. Mm. And I was like, I, I man, I don't know what's going on with this. Why why am I hearing this guy all the time? Why what happened? Uh, uh, let me think here for a second. What was he in? Uh, what was he in? In Fantastic Beasts? I don't remember him being in that. He was just a uh, this. Uh, monster. Oh, <laughs> he was a, a, a monster. He was a, he was a monster called Narlac. I don't remember that at all. I mean, one of my favorite things he ever did was kind of hard to tell it was him, unless you knew. But in uh, Star Trek Nemesis, he was Tom Hardy's um, uh, viceroy uh, alien hmm. ca- guy that would follow him around and and uh, put his hand. He was always putting his hands on his head and giving him like alien power to do weird stuff. I can't remember what the deal with that was, huh. but. Do you remember him? Kind of weird alien that I would hang around. No. Yeah, he was he was awesome in that role, and it was super hidden though. It's like so much makeup you'd never know that was Ron Perlman in there. Um, I'm 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 glad he's getting all this work. Ron Perlman. Next step, lose a little weight, and you're gonna hey. be. Into, you're listen. Hold on, let me finish the joke, guys. God. <laughs> okay, great. <good>. Ron Perlman. <clears throat> hey. Lose a little weight, and you're gonna be the star of the Anthony Bourdain biopic. I'm telling you. Oh, he's, yeah, he's got <laughs> totally got his face. You're not right. You're Look, right. Ron Perlman isn't really okay. So the man's just built like he is. Look at his head. Mm-hmm. He has a large head because that's just how he's built. It's not an insult. Mm-hmm. That's just his body structure. I don't right. think he's really overweight as yeah. much as you may think. Yeah, I think he's just. He's By the way, blocky, large bone blocky structure. like a pit bull. It was a yeah. joke about how Anthony Bourdain was skinny. Good God! Yes. No, we know, we we'll get see. it. Look, trans- we'll, we'll, we'll see when the emails come in. There's this we'll tran- there's this Transformers out. TV miniseries uh, that's like the prime primal stuff, like back to you know the oh, yeah. apes and all that. He plays Optimus mm-hmm. Primal in that. That could be cool. But he's doing mm-hmm. tons of voice stuff. You're right, like tons of it. Uh, but also other things. Uh, I can't find him in. Fantastic Beast. What was he in that? I can't. Oh, wait, there, there it is. Narlac. Yeah. What the hell was that? He was just a monster. And it's one of those things that's like, I guess he just like, you're making this thing and he's available. He's oh, just available for he's anything. The, he's, the, he's the smart goblin in the bar. I remember this now because he has his voice, obviously, and also kind of had his face. He's CGI, did motion cap, but it's super cool. Okay, never mind. I like that character. You're crazy. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's not cool. I just happened to have played Black Ops Three and so on. Like it's just this weird. I keep yeah. hearing Ron Perlman all everywhere. All right, Black Ops Three. Yeah. Look at you. I like that. 
what else? There's some other cool stuff. Uh, they had, uh, we talked about the Irish stuff that was kind of the basis for the mythology here. Peter Jackson approached Guillermo del Toro to direct Halo. And even though, uh, I remember this being talked about at the time, even though del Toro considered it, he turned it down so he could direct this sequel. Mm. He also turned down, get this list, I Am Legend from 07, mm. uh, One Missed Call from 08, whatever that was, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince in 2009. All of those uh, he skipped, uh, was was offered the the directing chair, all, skipped all of it so he could make this sequel. To well, and dedication uh, I mean, the, big, the big miss was The Hobbit, right? That's the thing that we all know him for. Right. Well, was starting he's... and not not right. completing. Oh, I didn't know mm-hmm. that. Was he in, was he doing that? I can't remember that. That's cool. Yeah. Though. The, I don't know. I, how do you guys feel about the Hobbit? I, I okay. When I was growing I up, like I read I read I read the <laughs> Hobbit first before I went back and read the Lord of the Rings series. So I read the Hobbit first. So and it was always and I remember seeing the uh, the cartoon from the seventies. So I was all about the Hobbit, and it wasn't until later that I really did the Lord of the Rings. So proper. And then, uh, and then when the movie came out, I was like, "Oh, is this gonna just? Is this gonna be so much better?" And I was, I was kind of disappointed. No, dude, well, everyone was disappointed. The Hobbit sucked. Mm-hmm. The Hobbit yeah, the trilogy in, sucked. In comparison to, in comparison to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. But I think right. on its own, I think it's a, it's a, it's a decent so, set of films. So the basic synopsis is that they had GDT on board to do the Hobbit. He comes in and says it's gonna be two or three films, and does all of this pre-production. And then everybody realizes, oh, no, audiences are going to want The Hobbit to be exactly like The Lord of the Rings and no. not a GDT movie and other things. You know, there's other conflicts. And so Peter Jackson is just like taking it over. And then they start filming before they've done a real pre-production. Right. So oh, that like bums all me of The out. Hobbit movies suffer. <clears throat> that bums me out because I would have really liked his take. And I have I would oh, have had totally. no problem with the, a tonal shift from the others. Like that's how the books are anyway. Like, or, or I am legend. Hearing that, hearing that he was uh, connected to that originally, that would have been really cool to see what oh, he would have done as far as those. Uh, those we would have seen much zombie... more monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Exactly. The I mean, monsters they would have had no eyes. Yeah. The, I was going to say the, the vampires would have had no eyes. They'd open their hands. There'd be little eyeballs in their hands, and yeah, that's right. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, it says in the trivia, and I hate this trivia. So this is our poop trivia of the week. Here you go. Shit. This is the garbage trivia. <laughs> And I, I just, this sounds like somebody would just write this because they think this is what they're hearing. But it says, Seth MacFarlane based the voice of Johan Krauss on the Jeremy Irons character from Die Hard with a Vengeance. Come on. Right. I can, I can right. hear that, though. I mean, it's more of the, the lilty Christoph Waltz, Waltz kind of uh, German accent, right? Mm-hmm. It's more like the, the smiling German accent. I don't know. I mean, I think somebody heard it and said, oh, that sounds like it. I'm, I'm with right. you on yeah. that. Um, but, but it's this thing he does. Like it's no different than this thing he does, and it's got it's it's got no other basis than that's the voice he does when that's his German accent. That yeah, that's the, the, the fish. Accent. It's the fish in this in the American Dad. It's the same damn voice, and that's fine. Look, Seth MacFarlane, you're a very successful man. I'm not ripping on you, but that German <laughs> voice is not that great. It's okay. <laughs> I was fine. I, did, I I was fine. It did it did not detract or add to. It was. I thought it was. I like the character a lot. I like the idea of this yeah. this like old Nazi scientist, uh, formerly Nazi, vapored now just a, yeah. a vapor floating around control vapor that can just like go control yeah. things and uh, it can even and get inside of your, uh, I, your locker I don't know. room. Yeah, I, I think this may speak to how how the character does. But I had almost kind of forgotten about that character. 
which is funny because when I went back and watched this time, I'm like, oh, wow, he's such a big part of this movie. But before I went back and watched it, I had kind of almost forgotten the character. Oh, completely. that's a good trope, actually. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hit this. So here, uh, he's one of those guys, like, he's in charge, right? Like, so you're supposed to be following right. that guy and do his, mm-hmm. do his bidding or whatever. And, oh, he's such a hard ass. We're never going to be able to get this job done, and we're going to have to do this on our own and sneak out of here. And then he comes up and confronts you and says, hey, you can't do that. And they say, well, we're going to. And he says, but you can't oh, do it because oh. I'm going with you. And then now right. they're all pals. Yeah. That's and it. that's the reason why I don't remember him, because he was neither, he was neither, he was neither uh, against them or with them. He was just kind of, eh, here I am. It, it did provide. It did. It did provide for some comedy when Hellboy was getting his trash handed to him with the, in the in the locker room. That was fun. Yeah, it was yeah. Great. Except you take one step to the left, and guess yeah, what? You're out of reach. Too. <laughs> <laughs> All those locker doors. My my trope in there is the the nicknaming. So you have characters that are uh, that have unfortunate names, and I guess you decide. Oh, other characters wouldn't want to use their names. Maybe that's not right. true, but you decide that. So now we got, hey, Red, what are you doing? Red, come back here. Red, I'm talking to you. Red. And it's like, this movie's called Hellboy. What are we doing? Well, Red's <laughs> an easier way to, right. s- to say it than Hellboy. I mean, that's the whole thing is he was, hasn't been Hellboy since he was a boy and they named him Hellboy. Uh, but he's like this. Now he's a man, right? And he's sitting around he's smoking cigars. And <laughs> he's a man. Nobody Hellman. Calls him. He's Hellman. Yeah, he's, he's Hellman. He's Hellman. And he makes uh, mayonnaise. <laughs> right, Hellman's mayonnaise. Mmm, gross. Makes the best foods. Uh, according to I Ron... Like to say, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You. Oh, you. I, I was going to say, I was... I, I, I couldn't... I couldn't focus on any gross spots in this movie. It was just so abstract lots no, of times. I couldn't find one either. I couldn't think of anything gross. No. no a, there's lots food. of cool stuff like guy gets sucked into the grinder because his fist got jammed in mm-hmm. there or... Yeah. You know, like and how it. and how uh, what a surprise that was! You see that grinder, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, in the opening shots of the Goblin Market. Is there any question that we're about to see someone yeah. go through? Oh yeah, there? someone's Check- in the grinder today. Doesn't Chekhov's matter. wood chipper, right, right. there. <laughs> That's your friend back there in the wood chipper. But yeah, like I wrote here, gross. I always write a little header that says gross, and then I have it next to it text that says can't think of one. I just I don't right. know. I was fine with everything. Nothing was gross. No, I mean, there was there was the it was the obvious uh, toothbrush. In the uh, and we in haven't the, even talked about in the her. cat food, mm-hmm. yeah, and the cat food, the toothbrush and the cat food. But, but we didn't I even am talk about one of the best Blair. cat foods, though. Yeah, like, I am yeah, I mean, really, gonna, really good. Yeah, it's great. With a cat food, I mean, yeah, that is I'm, one of the better ones to use. Right. <laughs> <laughs> have we even really talked about Selma Blair? Because I, oh, I yeah, love the character, oh, yeah. Ms. Sherman. But oh, she's great. Really get enough of her to really? I don't think she was kind of she was kind of one dimensional, right? Well, and she's a lot of what she's there for is the the romance strife that she and Hellboy right. are going through and the whole, like, I need some time and I'm pregnant and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, you know, if there was one, one saving grace for no Hellboy three, it's that we wouldn't right. have gotten the, the, baby. the trope of uh, the Shrek three trope of right. the third one. They have children. But, well, children didn't, the but didn't they have part three? When did little Nikki came out? Is it, when is that? Was that, that Hellboy <laughs> <laughs> three? I think it was before this though. Well, in Hellboy, the comic, he's got kids. And yeah, like they're following that twins. story, and they're mm-hmm. twins, yeah, and they're and they're wicked cool in the comic. It yeah. doesn't mean they would have done that right in the movie, but maybe they would have. I mean, like I trust him with this material, and I'm bummed they didn't do it. Ron Perlman's on record as saying that the entire unmade sequel of this film was going to be all about Hellboy becoming the beast of the apocalypse. All this foreshadowing in the first two films would have finally gotten to you know had some fruition there, um, but then he would have come to terms. 
uh, to meet with his destined fate, this according to the trivia, by defending humanity as opposed to wiping out all of mankind as he is meant to do. Hellboy's twin kids were going to bear resemblances to Hellboy and Liz, respectively. One of the twins was going to be corrupted and the other was going to be angelic. So there's stuff um, there. You could have done something. I, you know. And I, I love Selma Blair. I would love to see uh, this film focus more on Liz Sherman, develop her more. I'd love to see a movie that was based around that character. Uh, she is... Um, she would want that attention. Yeah. She she is a slightly older generation Aubrey Plaza, and <laughs> he, he, like I just can't I can't get enough of that that uh, take on a character. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Aubrey, that's hard for me to take Aubrey Plaza seriously. Like when she's in. I hope not because she's great. She's like great. That. I like her a lot. Don't get me wrong, but she is kind of that same. I watched Dirty Grandpa. That movie sucks, by the way. Don't ever see it. It's terrible. Right. Uh, the De Niro thing and Zac Efron. But I anyway. kind of enjoyed the. The uh, uh, goes west. Uh, oh, it's not Aubrey goes west, but it's like that. It's a. It's a. I think it's a Netflix original. Oh, Maybe I haven't not. seen that. I don't know. I what that is. Is it, I, um, like a fictional thing or a, a yeah. Non-fiction? It's a. Uh, it's okay. it's a. It's a fictional. Uh, she plays. She plays a a person who is obsessed with an Instagram star, and she wants to be a part of of that life. And uh, oh, what is it? It's not Aubrey Goes West. That sounds awful. I don't want anything to do with this. Instagram it it thing. was. I thought so too. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch this, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, of Aubrey Plaza, and I'm like, let me let me take a little peek. In- Ingrid like, oh, goes west. Ingrid goes Ingrid west. Ingrid goes west. Yeah, I haven't heard yeah, of that. I, I, I didn't. She's great on Legion, I think, and she does a oh, great job. Oh, she's fantastic on there. So she's fantastic yeah. on but, there. But that's her two I, modes. It's I just, that I just or the. Say, yeah, go ahead. I really enjoyed uh, Dirty Grandpa's uh, what he had to say on the Tonys last week. But I, I, I'm curious about <laughs> Scott. <laughs> I'm curious, Scott. Why didn't Why didn't you like the movie? Oh, this it, movie's it, awful. It's, you guys, do, uh, it's, it's just a bad. Com- it's a bad comedy. It thinks it, it thinks being raunchy and gross is all you need and you and there you need more than that i don't have a problem with a raunchy gross movie if it's also funny it's not funny it's just bad dumb i wasted i wasted that that was wasted time and i think Mm. critics agree with me it's not well received (laughs) people do not like that movie i just thought well all right i'll check it out i like i like old robert de niro that's kind of funny let's see how this little road trip his grandson goes ha ha ho ho nope it's not funny (laughs) No ho hos anywhere. I'll tell you what, no though, ho-hos. man. <laughs> Zach Efron can wear a sweater. Oh, he's a good-looking dude, yeah. and I like—I yeah. actually kind of like him. Generally, I don't—I think he gets a good mm-hmm. bad rap because of the High School Musical stuff and all that. But he's—he's he's fine. It's and in this one, it's also part of the joke that ooh, an edgy movie with Zach Efron in it, where he has to be edgy and he spends half of it naked and, and drunk because someone gave him cocaine, and oh, ha ha ho ho. Like I don't know, I just—it bummed me out. That movie's not great. I really, I really enjoyed The Greatest Showman. I loved the performance in that. I, mm. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I, mean, I thought he was good in that uh, Seth Rogen uh, Neighbors thing. Oh, I never yeah. saw Neighbors. A little different, different role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A very different role. But yeah, but still, you know, for me, broke out of that whole like, all right, good he's guy. teen pop heartthrob. Yeah. Maybe not pop. You know, dick. You know how Bridesmaids is funny, or you know how uh, the <laughs> the Vegas one with all yeah, the guys the, in uh, it. hangover the hangover's funny this is like trying to be those things and it's not funny mm. but it's trying to be that it wants to be this right. like, hey it's a re- reinvention An of Apatow the raunchy style comedy. sure it's not yeah. it's bad and de niro should be embarrassed by that movie nah, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's if if meet the if meet the fuckers has told us anything, it's that right. he's impervious to uh, 
Yeah, he's happy to do Shame. this stuff, and I get it. I mean, we just saw him in Heat, and he's amazing in that. But we're the days where you're there's some heavy De Niro. That. Yeah, we've lost it until this Scorsese thing comes out, and then we'll then maybe right. we'll get it back. Uh, anyway, I got a question for you guys. This is a serious question. Is this? Now, I'm not trying to. You know, this may be a question about the entire comic, I mean, everything about Hellboy. Is this just Ghostbusters, really? At the end, of the day. I I actually got that vibe uh, a couple of times because you have you know you have this, I mean it's part of the comic, but the way it's portrayed in the film, it feels a little Ghostbusters because you're working with the paranormal uh, investigation team, right? Yeah, there's somebody telling the press that everything oh it's just a gas leak, but meanwhile you got Egon yeah. and up there up there with his sensors trying to. Like, I always got that vibe. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a template right. a little bit. I did not make that connection, but I totally see it. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just, mean, they got their own little trash. They got their truck, uh, trash truck right. vehicle <laughs> modernized. <laughs> it, right. So, I mean, there, there's there's definitely parallels there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Brian, normal, you just. Parallels. Brian, Ibit but, uh, doing that sound of the siren isn't is brought me back good. entirely. That's amazing. <laughs> Good. that's crazy how that sound just put me in uh, you just put me in ghostbusters that's hilarious yeah. really okay yeah. i think i think i think mike mignola would cop to it i think i think the point of hellboy once he expanded it beyond this one weird character yeah. is that it is like ghostbusters only the ghosts are the busters too like that yeah that's, I, I, that's I, don't, I don't think he really yeah. I, I don't think he tries to hide the influence yeah, I, I agree. He's, by the way, if you haven't paid attention to him lately, he's done some other projects. That guy, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, one of the most in, in, all-time interesting styles in the history of comic books. There's nobody like him. Yeah. And, yeah. and but there's a few that try to be like him, and they fail. But he is just something else, that guy. He's just got such a unique style. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I also wrote down that Hellboy is more Superman than Superman, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I am always annoyed with how DC has handled Superman. They've turned him into a, a guy who just sort of stands there going, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I'm having a, I'm having a crisis. I'm having a crisis. Identity. My dad says I shouldn't have saved the kid in the bus, which is something Pa Kent would never do. Like all these issues I have with Superman. I love the actor, but I think he's given the wrong material. Anyway, right. I think Hellboy once again proving that he, among uh, all these new Marvel heroes, like I, in the most recent Marvel film, the the uh, Infinity War, there was a scene where um, they're coming out of Strange's building and uh, Tony Stark's first thought is to help that lady and to get emergency services there and then go fight the big bad. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a point in here where, I mean, it gets a little ridiculous what he does with the baby, but Hellboy wants to save that baby first. That's He, he understands yeah. the yeah. job of a hero. The job of a hero is to save those who can't help themselves. And I love that. And I wish Superman would remember that you're supposed to be the original version of that, not some emo turd who can't, uh, who's who gets all wet in his in his in his dress clothes in the tub with uh, Amy Adams. Let's not be doing that. Whoa! Anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, is that a euphemism? All wet in his dress clothes. Wow. <laughs> well, didn't he do that? He climbed in the tub yeah. and he was like, uh, yeah. I don't remember very well. Exactly. Amy Adams is an American treasure. No, oh, I love. She's her. a treasure. I love her. There's nothing wrong with her. She's a fine Lois Lane. This the story and stuff they give them are bad. They've blown that. They've ruined it because you had the perfect casting. Henry Cavill's perfect. He's a great Superman. Make him truly okay. Superman. Don't make him shitty. And don't much see much better than Nicholas Cage. I'm yeah, and don't see <laughs> 
Don't see where CGI would they go and, with that? Yeah, I really want to see some of that footage. Didn't they have that leak? Too. Some of that leak. They right? had a leak of like him with the suit, trying on the yeah. suit, and like flexing. <laughs> Look, basically, <laughs> I, I'm saying it would have been an absolute disaster, and I would have loved to have seen it. I would have yeah, loved right. to have seen that disaster. Bring we would have seen it here on film site, no doubt. Oh, That's where we would be seeing it. <laughs> yeah, movie also felt a little like Time Bandits for me, but this is just me because yeah, I, I think back to Time Bandits, I think of crazy creature design and worlds that you could come crashing through and there was a mirage that seemed like there's just desert but if you broke through it was a whole different world and Mm. you know this weird like again they don't have to explain it but this big stone statue rises from the sand and has a door in its gut and now you're suddenly in a whole new place like i love that kind of stuff different dimension yeah yeah Yeah. so cool Mm -hmm. attention to detail man that's what i like yeah a fully Uh, realized world like that Yep, it's really good. Um, and then you know Barry Manilow that caps off things <laughs> right, nicely. Right. Yeah, speaking, speaking of those those yeah. <laughs> those '80s movies that that uh, I feel like probably inspire uh, or at least touch and influence uh, Del Toro, I I feel like Gremlins because I I felt like the the when he when he brought those those two boxes at the very beginning the elf uh, the oh, elf yeah. son yeah. He brought those two boxes and it's like, oh yeah, I picked I picked these up today. And I'm like, oh, what, what'd you get? What'd you, did you go down and get some mogwai? What you, what's in there? You don't <laughs> don't feed them after midnight. What you got in there? And uh, just those little touches, it felt Ugh. like I, I with you guys. There, there's so many '80s movies influences that, that seem to touch. The okay, bits okay. Yeah. I, I want to go around the table and I want you yes. to I want you to answer the okay, question. Okay. Do not do not shirk this question, guys. Okay. Uh, including the BPRD, everything in the film. I want you to pick the one creature character, the one thing that you were the most entertained by and would like to like investigate more. Like if you were gonna, uh, if I was gonna say, here's a coffee table book and it's got pictures of this thing and details and so on. What is it? Right, What's the right. one thing? Oh, well, Churchhead. Churchhead would be great. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I got well, one. I, I think I've already expressed mine, What's which yours? is uh, I want to know more about the Elf King. I mean, he is such a fascinating character. Mm. I mean. In the beginning, he, he's lost his arm. We don't really talk about it. I know it's part of the mythos, but I'm, I'm interested in how, where they were going to it with this because he uh, he's also near the end. He's just like, he's all, uh, he's all just laid out on his, in his, uh, in his chair, you know, just kind of like, eh, I'm just going to rest my laurels now. Yeah. I'm interested to see where he's been. Yeah. What happened. This guy's interesting. And he looked very much the part of like, you know, a druid. He, as he's gotten right. older, his head's turned into antlers, basically. Like, yeah, you could have told me he was the exact same villain from like Blade, and I, I would have believed you though. Like, <laughs> this it, had, it's this had feelings of Blade too. It had a very generic, you know, blonde, cocky. Right. Oh, you mean the main? You mean the bad guy, not the, the, the dad? Elf King. He's not the oh, king. Oh, oh, the elf king. I'm sorry. The elf prince. The king. Right. The elf prince. I'm sorry. The elf prince. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're oh, no, talking. I like the elf king. Yeah. Ibit, you're t- or Dun- Dunaway. You're talking about the guy in the chair. You're talking about the king. Yeah. 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 He, I'll I'll kick back, laying in the chair a little bit low, just a little bit too low, a little too comfortable <laughs> in that chair. <laughs> okay. Yes. You, I like. No that. one. No one wants to sit in the, in that throne uh, chair because he's 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 had a lot of gas. Oh, he's dude. He's just yeah. He's probably part of the chair. Not as much as you know as a German. Right. Fart face, like all the <laughs> fart, fart so like if, what's coming out of his what's coming what's the little steam things coming out of his uh, yes. helmet there is that pieces of him yeah like is that yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that it, stuff? it's a question yeah that's spirit is farts it, it has to be byproduct right excess uh, gas farts I don't yeah. know right. I kind of want to 
Oh, it's like a replica of that suit and just hang it somewhere. Yes. It's really cool. Yeah. I love that steampunky really stuff. Cool. Scott, you had one, though? Uh, yeah, a- my favorite thing. Oh, I do want to, by the way, a quick nod to the to those goggle things that he made for everyone so they could see the truth oh, of things. Yeah, no. They are oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I would kill to have one of those yeah, things on the so wall. so many things in this movie I would love to 3D print. Yeah. I want to 3D print church head, though. Yeah, church oh, head. So you could totally do church head. Um, for me, it's the it's the guy. He wasn't on there very long, but he was kind of the groveling chancellor guy that was met up with the son and said, you know, you need to come with me. He was one of those weird aliens. It may even have been Doug Jones again. I don't know. But he had right. eyes way up in the corners like the prince. No, oh, yes. You're on a, a yeah, character. something about him. He was very uh, who's the guy in the sixth Star Wars movie? Uh that helps Jabba. What's his name with his? Oh, Bib Fortuna. Bib Fortuna is what he reminded me of in terms of his attitude. It's like groveling, come this way. You you have to talk to the king. He's like the king's representative or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. right. I think that whatever the hell is going on there was right. really cool. I like that guy's face. I did like the regret of the uh, of the of the goblin who made the golden army. What's yeah. the goblin? Oh, yeah. the, the little, oh, the little guy with troll. the cart. Yeah. The rolly, the rolly troll. Yeah, the, the rolly troll. <laughs> one of, the, roll, the troll that puts the roll in troll. <laughs> you can't put the old in troll without that guy. No, he was he was interesting for sure. He's also another one of these. He's in every Del Toro movie ever. He's just yeah. always putting now, Randy, makeup on. You, you started the question, but did you ever tell us? Uh, oh, the, the, the bean that grows into a tree. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. Oh, yeah. It yeah, just, I just, I, I, I was taken by this ridiculous trope that I know I'm supposed to hate, where you have uh, the last of the thing and you have to kill it, and then it becomes a wonderful Christmas tree explosion of snowflakes, <laughs> and everybody, I know, I know, I'm supposed to hate that, but I was freaking crying. Yeah, it no. Was, yeah, Wonderful. this is you're summing up why I think the movie works so well. It does things like that that normally I don't know. They just something they earn it somehow. It's hard to explain why that stuff works because normally I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, whatever, dude. Like we get it. It's the last one. Like I'm. I, there's probably even other examples I could think of, but that is why I think I like the movie. Is all of that stuff? There's plenty of moments like that where you're like, this should not work well, and it totally works. Right. They pull. And it there's off. a lot of there's a lot of really good writing in there too. I mean. You don't know when he pulls out that little glob. I mean, you're all like, "Oh, this is going to be stupid." But then the princess's reaction, the actress brings it home to such life. It's like, "Oh no, what's what's going to happen here?" Because mm-hmm. she's like really freaking out. She's got me worried now. Yeah, and uh, it did not disappoint. No, I thought it was really. It's good. really good. Yeah, we should uh, we should play some clips. I have a number. Come of on, them. yes, please. Yeah, I have a few here. Uh, they're all lovely and wonderful. Let's play uh, this one. <laughs> this is Luke Goss. He is again the uh, the main bad dude here. Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he's was he Frankenstein in that movie? What did he play? What was his character? Wasn't he Frankenstein in um? Uh, no, he wasn't. He wasn't Frankenstein. He was uh oh, what's his name? What was um, the death race? It was, he was the, the other guy. You got to remember, this is the more like straight up death race, non Frankenstein death race. This is like the escape. Oh from oh prison. oh, gotcha. Yeah yeah. He was, he, uh, yeah, he was main uh, character oh, was though. I mean, he was. Yeah, he, oh, he was, was your, definitely a main character. Yeah, he, he was, was your main uh, driver. He was ba- he was basically the guy. Well, we can't get Jason Statham back for this sequel, so let's have Carl. that guy. Because it Carl Lucas is that whatever no. it was yes, but he's what? but he's he's your replacement. Jason Statham. Statham. That's that's, that's his right. job. Yeah. 
Uh, but here he is in great makeup and I think way better style and awesome stuff. So here he is. Who are you, sir? Sir, please identify yourself. You can't just... I am Prince Nuwad, Silver Lance, son of King Balor. And I am here, sir, to reclaim what is rightfully mine. I, I think he was cool. He oozed cool. Mm. I liked him a lot in this. Uh, here's Abe Sapien and George Bluth. I suppress each photo. Cell phone videos. They cost me a fortune and, and they, they, they show up on YouTube. God, I hate YouTube. <laughs> he just <laughs> wants the world outside to know what we do. Mm-hmm. What he does. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about George Bluth right now, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Hey, he's no... Uh, well, anyway, I'm not going to say that. All right. Hey, moving on. Uh, how about this? Uh, this is well. This is what uh, we all do. This. All these things do is eat and eat, then poop, and then eat again. <laughs> <laughs> I love Abe Sapien as a character. I would be 100 yeah. percent cool with a spinoff or a TV show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, a Hellboy TV show would be really cool. And everyone keeps talking about that guy from Stranger Things as the new Hellboy, but I don't know what project's being worked on. Like, is it some kind of official thing? Does anyone know about this? Uh, hold on. Hell boy. Um, what's that guy's name? Um, but, but, yeah, in 2019, there's a new Hellboy coming out. Uh, this is directed huh. by Neil Marshall. It is um, Mila Jovovich, David Harbour is who I'm thinking of. David Harbour is your, uh, your new Hellboy. Hmm. Uh, you got your, uh, let's see, do they even have an Abe Sapien in this one? Anyway, this is happening. We're getting a new Hellboy in 2019. Hmm. All right. So I'll take it. I wish it was animated, to be honest, but whatever. Oh, that would be cool. There are are a couple of Mignola style art. Yeah. 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 There are a couple of, there are a couple of direct to DVD animated things, but they're not great. They're okay. Right. Story wise. There's never been a really good video game yet either. I mean, not. No, but now would be the time, right? The kind of 2D, cool 2.5D stuff you can do with, with cell animation in video games now. Oh, Oh. You can tell such great big stories now. Or even movie. having that the style that the uh, that new Spider-Man um, mm. Spider-Verse thing is going to be that oh, yeah, combo two D offset printing three D looking. Oh, really the cool. Sony uh, movie, the Sony thing, the animated yeah, movie. Yeah, that looks so cool. Oh my gosh, you guys, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for that. I hope that's not bad. I want that yeah. to be great. Um, here's uh, what? Oh, I like this line. I'm not a baby, I'm a tumor. Then he ducked his head. It was so funny. They did the way they did it was so like out of nowhere, and then they just left it. <laughs> like, yeah. I really like that. I don't know why, but again, stuff that shouldn't work that should have been dumb, but it worked. Here's Doug Jones, and he's good. Abraham Sapien. No. There is no such name. Oh, I don't like it either, but I... Enough! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love him. I love him. He'll spend six hours under makeup chair just for us every time. I believe yeah. it, yeah. Uh, all right, here's... Uh, oh, a cool roar from that plant god that Randy likes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Here you go. <laughs> you know what he's really good at is sound design, too. The sound stuff mm-hmm. in his movies. Mm-hmm. Really great. Uh, here's that word. You will learn to obey me, follow protocol, and stay focused at all times. Uh, that word, <laughs> focused? Yeah, with your accent. I wouldn't use it that much. I don't even know what that word is. Focused. Focused. Oh. Yeah, but it yeah. like something else. Yeah. Yeah, but just, you know, okay, I get the joke. PG-13, <laughs> you, get, you get your half, you get your half swear word in there for a PG-13. 
Um, also, I would love to see an R-rated cut of this. For whatever reason, I just feel like they're holding back just a little bit. You know, just a little mm-hmm. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all right. The old royal assness. Royal assness. That's a line. Let's see. Uh, Angel <laughs> of Death is cool. Your child makes the choice. The world. So that is apparently what they do. They have Doug Jones go in and do like this kind of talk for the first run. <laughs> and then they do a low version and then they do this cool crossover, which is pretty rad. But I would love to hear him just going, make the choice. Yeah, I want that isolated. Him him doing the Monty Python spam voice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's uh, the shiny. Shiny. All right, that guy. And then I don't know what this is. You're in love. Oh, never mind. That's Fletcher. That, what What was that? <laughs> That's Scott Fletcher. I'm, I'm at the end of my list. That's it, everybody. Check this out. <laughs> it's the Film Sack Checklist. It goes like this. George Lucas called and says, no fair. You made a better cantina than I did. Check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Doug Jones is an international treasure. Check. And finally, we were robbed of a third movie and an Abe Sapien spinoff. Check. Uh, Trek connections are numerous and probably obvious. Uh, not that numerous, but there's a few big ones here. Seth MacFarlane. He was Johan or Johan or how he's at. I was really hoping at this moment you would say Seth MacFarlane was in Hellboy and he's also the star of the Orville. No, incorrect. Yeah. In, uh, Inter- Inter- because the Orville is Star Trek, man. I agree. Yeah, well, I agree. Yeah, he was on Enterprise, though. He played Rivers in the episode The Forgotten and Affliction. Uh, Ron Perlman, he was Hellboy, obviously. He played Remy, uh, Remen Viceroy in Star Trek Nemesis, as I mentioned before. Fantastic role. And then Doug Jones, Abe Sapien, Chamberlain, and Angel of Death. Oh, he was the Chamberlain then. All right. Uh, in Discovery, he played Commander Saru, or is playing Commander Saru in Discovery's. Uh, I'm Commander on Discovery Saru. In the Star, he's the Starfleet officer guy, and he's awesome in that. He is the star of that show, as far as I can. He concerned. totally is. Yeah, I love him in it. You'll get my money back, CBS, when uh, you bring that when that show comes back, but not, right. a yeah. not a moment sooner. Not a minute sooner. That's well, all you got. Oh, come on, just 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 mer- just sell yourself to Netflix and be done with it. Just, do, just do, it. do they right. not have a, I mean, there's nothing they have that you're dying to have. I mean, no, I mean, yeah. let, let's, let's look at the seat. CBS is all they're doing is they're trying to increase their value so they can sell off. I mean, they know they can't maintain themselves in an individual in that way. Well, they're already the owned market. by a huge, I mean, CBS is owned by who? Hold on. CBS Universal, right? is owned. Which Universal is NBC? No, you're right. I'm sorry. So uh, Paramount is what I meant to say. Paramount owns them? Well, Viacom owns them. But I guess Viacom, Viacom owns them. So CBS is a Disney corporation. No, no, no. Wait, ABC is I thought a Disney. ABC was... Yeah, ABC yeah. is Disney. ABC is owned by Disney, yeah. So Disney owns ABC. My point is, no. I don't think this is a thing to get bought off. I think what they're trying to do is like, oh, shit, streaming world is happening and we are late to this game. How do we? How do we make value there we have we have one great property let's do every let's do it i feel like part of this so so ibit you know unsubscribed as he said and i think a lot of people did mm-hmm. but i'm mm-hmm. guessing a ton of people just are just in there and forget about it and they're like well lazy forgot yeah 750 a month who cares blah, blah. They're, they're probably banking on that yeah absolutely most of these services do um anyway there's that and what else uh oh the twitter post hey this is where you guys sum it up in a 280 character tweet or less which is fantastic. Let's start with Randy. 
Uh, Hellboy 2, the Golden Army, a fun romp through crazy sets filled with people all dressed up in fetish gear and someone just got pregnant, just like Saturday Night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> I love this return to Saturday Night at Ibbett's house. I, I know. I, I feel like I really missed out on Saturday Nights at Ibbett's house. I I, really dude, like, definitely. I feel like I'm missing out on Saturday Nights at Ibbett's house. Yeah. Right? Periscope it so next time. Fun. It'll be good. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's a reference to an old Periscope Brian did that no longer exists. Anyway, oh. hey, uh, let's hmm. go with Brian Dunaway. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Ted Danson would have made a really great Hellboy. A challenge must be met. What? <laughs> Ted Danson? I don't know. When I, was, when I was watching, I was like, for some reason, I've been watching a lot of Cheers, and I was just like, man, I would have really liked to have seen a Ted Danson in his prime Hellboy. I think that he would have been, he's got that head for it and kind of got, I, I don't know. It just feels yeah, like it would be something that, that I would that like to That might have worked, sure. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm. I'm. I'm actually kind of seeing where you're coming from there. I don't. Yeah, his voice I, isn't there, but, but his his. But he would be face. so. He would be so. Ted Danson, you know, and kind of so, kind of so confident yet kind of smarmy and a little bit. I don't know. I just. I would. <laughs> it. It just hit me for some reason while I was watching, and all I could do is just keep thinking about it. And, he should do it now oh, that he's in Ted, his. What would Ted Danson say here? Now that he's in his sixties, he, he do it. He should do it now that he's in his sixties. I think that'd be great. Right. He still right. could. He's the coolest in now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely he's in the coolest phase. I like him a lot right now. Um, all right, so there's that. And then finally, Brian Ibbett. Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, a movie that will make it easier for you to tell the difference between shit and Mignola. <laughs> <laughs> if you think yeah. about it, it's a compliment. It's a compliment. It if, you, yeah. if you think about it. It's reversed. I don't want you to assume that I'm saying I'm not saying Mignola shit. I'm saying exactly the opposite. Opposite yeah. of shit. <laughs> what is the opposite of shit? Probably food. Right. Shinola. We <laughs> and, established. And enema is the opposite of shit. No. 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 It's like you can't say like the opposite of black is white because they're both colors. They're the opposite of black is toothpaste, right? It's like something right. completely right. <laughs> but we have we we have established, like for a hundred years, that the opposite of shit is Shinola. That is well, just yeah. that's, that's just a fact. Oh, all right. Well, right. this has already been determined then. Um, all right. Well, well done and good job. Look at this. The suspense is over. We finally found out what the movies were almost called. There were two options. It was almost called Help Boy because <laughs> he helps people. See, or okay. Help Ploy or no Hell Ploy. <laughs> Hell Ploy. I don't know. I just seem like a thing to do there. Hey, uh, emails. We got one from Adam from Yes Planty, Michigan, or how do you say it? YP. Oh, Ypsilanti. Ypsilanti. Is that how you say it? Okay. Wow, you are Ypsilanti. not even close. Ypsilanti. Really? Isn't it? No, no, not you. Uh, me. Scott. He means me. Oh. Yeah. I'm bad. You're good. I'm not calling you out, Ibbit. <laughs> <laughs> he says uh, this, uh, filmsack at gmail.com, by the way, says, uh, hey, Sackers, thought I would mention a couple of things about the famous heat restaurant uh, in that scene between De Niro and Pacino, because only two camera angles were used in the final cut of the film. Two of the other sh over the, or the two over the shoulder angles. Long running speculation was De Niro and Pacino were never in the scene together. They chose to film their parts independently. This was proven false in a recent 4K screening from 2016. The actors confirmed they were together. They chose not to rehearse the scene because there was too much, or sorry, there wasn't much movement needed, and they wanted the scene to happen as organically as possible. A third camera was on set to do profiles, but it was never used in the final cut. Love the show, Adam. <laughs> So there you go. They were in it. And this 4K cut, that must be something. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Oh, yeah. I just love a dude 
all over Southern California, there are these diners that are so iconic. It's so fun to just go driving and just like leave the highway, drive off into a neighborhood somewhere in LA until you find this diner and they're just everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, we should go there. Let's all go now. Ready? You should go. Go. Uh, there's your email. You can send your emails to filmsack at gmail.com and you're welcome to, please do. If you, uh, would rather do it on the website, filmsack.com not only has a place for you to leave comments about the film, but you can also click the contact link at the top of the page and send your messages that way. That is a hundred percent fine as well. Our next movie will be one of the tremor movies. Which one? Tremors five. Tremors five. five. It's got the number five. Okay. Tremorning. What do we know about Mm -hmm. tremors five other than that's a fifth one? Do we know so anything? this is a this is the beginning of a reboot uh, where they you know uh, you know you have Jamie Kennedy and uh, and some other people and a director <laughs> who I don't I don't recognize well you know like do you do you recognize names like like uh, Lawrence Joffe Ernest Needlove I don't know no but I see Michael but Gross ooh, is back no. Michael Gross is in there again sure sure okay he's yeah. been in all of them yeah. is Reba McIntyre back no no no. Come no. On. The main thing is, this is a film directed by the then director of. Uh, <laughs> listen, this this is the director of Kindergarten Cop Two. Okay? Oh Lord, he's that working. was Burt Reynolds, right? What? What? <laughs> no, Dolph Cop Lundgren. Dolph, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, I'm thinking. About, I'm thinking about Kindergarten Cop, which I thought was part two. Oh, right. me too. Sorry, so am I. That's what I was thinking. It was the Arnold movie. That's what I was thinking of. Right. The Schwarzenegger. Right, so yeah. Was no, it was cop and a half. I'm sorry, cop and a half. That's cop what and a half was so, Burt Reynolds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. just so you know, guys, just so you know, Kindergarten Cop Two is streaming on Netflix. Oh, I'm just saying. Not a tumor. It's a baby. Oh, and in two, it turns out to be a tumor. Right. Damn it, was a tumor. It is a tumor. He says. I don't know if I want to see that ever in my life. I may avoid. I would. I would boycott that shit. But I am in for Tremors Five Bloodlines. That's the. That's the subtitle of it. And, uh, yeah, we, I, I assume the effects are better these days. Probably better worm effects. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I haven't seen any of these. It, or, uh, Dunaway owns all this shit, right? You right. Have... He's got the deluxe box right. set Blu-ray edition with of course. deleted I, scenes. You mm. fooled. And it comes in like, it, it's, one of, it's, it's, you know, it's a collectible. So it, it's, it comes in a, a, one of the, the Graboids. It's actually inside a Graboid. Did you uh, say re- reproduction? Did you say you fools? Did I hear you say you fools? <laughs> I just don't want to like run past that because I've never heard anyone say that. Please do that in a German accent next time. Though. <laughs> Fake German accent. You fools. We will take you down. Hey, there's a movie in 19, or 2015 we should put on the list if because it, it sounds terrible. It's called Sand or the Sand, and it's where the sand becomes sentient and kills everybody. So everything's like quick. Wait, sand. wait, wait. I've seen, is that, is that the one where the teenagers are on the beach? Yes. Yeah. I've, I've seen that. It's the That's actually terrible. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's terrible, but it's good. Is it Terra good? Cause we, uh, it's Terra. I don't I didn't want to go Terra good, but it is. I, I did see that movie and it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's Miss B it's, it's Saturday afternoon. I'm like, okay, time to do some projects. And it's like, let's turn something on. Look, sand is bad. Let's watch this. And I didn't mean to, but I stopped cleaning. <laughs> and I sit down and watch it. it oh, was, really? All right. It was, uh, yeah, I didn't expect to actually enjoy it, but it, it was the it sand, was stupid, but kind of good. It says here, it says uh, it after engaging. an all, after an all night party, hungover revelers awaken to a beating sun and a carnivorous beach that devours anything yeah. with a heartbeat. And it's very much like tremors in the in the in the fact that you know you, you're you have to avoid uh, 
making noise and hitting the ground and, and touching the ground, that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm in. Whatever it takes. Just wash your feet before you get in my car. That's all I <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's also a movie in 2010 called Mongolian Death Worm, but we can probably avoid that. All right. Oh. I didn't see that. Uh, well, I did right. see Lair of the White Witch. Does that count? Nope. Nope, no worms right. in that. Lair of the White Witch. I think I've seen that. That was like yeah. 80s with uh, Richard Grant, right? Richard E. Grant? Yeah. I don't know what that yeah, is. Thomas Dolby did the soundtrack of that. Never heard yeah, of it. Yeah, it's such a weird movie. What is That's it? That's the only reason I watched it. Is it a horror movie, or what are we talking yeah. about? Yes. Yeah. Gothic horror movie. Okay. Well, you had me at horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, watch for uh, watch for our next episode. No, so we're actually off next week. Just to give people a heads up here, uh, this uh, summer business happening, and uh, we're not going to be here. But we'll be here the following week with Tremors Five Bloodlines. So come on back and check us out. Then filmsack.com is the website. You can go check that out. Leave your comments, hang out, find all the stuff you need right there. And what else? Filmsack at gmail.com on Twitter. We're at filmsack. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see you next time. Aw, hell, boy. <laughs> I see what you did. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Ah, shiny. Shiny.